This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ian Menkini. I am from the Office of Admissions at Suffolk University Law School in Boston. I'm lucky today to be joined by Professor Andrew Perlman, Professor of Law at Suffolk University Law School, who is also one of the reporters of the American Bar Association's Commission on Ethics 2020. So, Professor Perlman, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I was wondering if you could begin by talking about the Commission's focus. The Commission is reviewing the ABA's model rules of professional conduct and the American system of lawyer regulation more generally in light of advances in technology and the increasing globalization of law practice. At the conclusion of its study, the Commission is going to be making recommendations to the ABA House of Delegates for adoption as ABA policy. And these recommendations could include, where necessary, amendments to the model rules of professional conduct or the model rules of lawyer disciplinary enforcement and more general policy positions. The Commission may also issue white papers where, in its opinion, matters are not ripe necessarily for House deliberation but might warrant continued monitoring and study. So I understand the Commission recently produced a couple of papers relating to technology. Can you say a little bit about them? Sure. Uh, One paper concerns ethics issues associated with lawyers' use of social media for marketing and client development purposes, and the other paper concerns confidentiality-related concerns that arise from lawyers' use of technology. What are some of the issues in the area of social media and lawyer advertising? The central challenge in this area is really just to define what should count as lawyer advertising. It used to be pretty easy when lawyers used business cards or billboards, television commercials, radio spots to know what actually counted as lawyer advertising. Today it's a lot more challenging to draw the line between lawyer advertising and just personal speech. Uh, For example, I contribute to a blog that discusses a variety of legal ethics issues, and I sometimes get inquiries from lawyers who want to hire me to give them advice about legal ethics issues in their practices. And some of these lawyers found me because of the blog. So the blog, for me, has a marketing function, but it's not the reason that I engage in blogging. But a question arises, should the blog be subject to the same kinds of restrictions as more traditional forms of advertising, like uh, television commercials? Or how about my profile on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook? The answer is not entirely clear, because each of these contexts is quite distinct and can be used in many different ways. On the one hand, there's a lot that lawyers do on these sites that should not be subject to restrictions on lawyer advertising, such as if I'm using my Facebook page to share photos with family members or just update my friends on my personal life. But if I create a Facebook page for my law firm and make misrepresentations about my practice on my Facebook page, my comments might be subject to the ethics rules. So it's a difficult problem to resolve, The issues paper really was designed to identify this kind of problem and to seek guidance as to possible solutions. Has the Commission identified any solutions in this area? So far, the Commission has not identified any solutions to ethical issues in this area, nor has it really taken any positions on these issues. The Commission promised to engage in significant outreach to the profession, and that is the purpose of the issues papers. The Commission is committed to a process that seeks as much input as possible. Unfortunately, I think there's a lot of misinformation on the Internet about the issues papers, particularly blogs that focus on lawyers and law firm marketing and advertising. There seems to be a belief that the papers were in some way designed to build support for new restrictions on lawyer advertising or are the first step towards stifling lawyers' use of social media as a form of marketing. I can say that nothing could be further from the truth. First of all, 
I was the primary drafter of those papers, and I can tell you that certainly uh, it wasn't my intention uh, to go down that path. I fully appreciate the importance and the value of social networking. As I mentioned before, I have a blog. I have a LinkedIn account, a Twitter account, a Facebook account, and obviously I'm comfortable uh, creating a podcast to spread information about the law. So the papers were designed to identify some of the knotty problems that I mentioned earlier, such as how to determine when lawyers' use of social media could be considered lawyer advertising and subject to the rules of professional conduct. The answer is not at all clear, and I, and I think one of the challenges that the Commission has is to help lawyers and state bars define what kinds of online activities fall within the advertising rules, particularly Rule 7.1, which prohibits the use of false and misleading advertising. And second, the papers do not contain any particular proposals at this point. They pose questions and, again, are an effort to get input from the legal profession about the issues identified in the paper. The Commission is eager to get feedback from lawyers who use these forms of social media, and it's particularly interested in hearing about which online activities should actually fall within the lawyer advertising rules and which ones shouldn't. The bottom line is that there is no interest in keeping lawyers from using these new forms of marketing. Online social media, I think everyone recognizes, can offer a very useful marketing function. And social media can be used to spread very useful information about the law and legal services. And that's particularly true for solo and small firm practitioners who lack the monetary resources and marketing budgets of large law firms. So the Commission very much encourages solo and small firm practitioners to let us know what they think about these and other issues that are on the Commission's agenda. Now, you mentioned the second issues paper. What does that paper address? The second issues paper identifies confidentiality-related ethics issues that arise from lawyers' use of technology, and it focuses on two different types of technology. The first type includes devices that are essentially under a lawyer's control and that can contain confidential information. Examples here are laptops, smartphones, and flash drives. There are a lot of things that lawyers can do to protect those devices in the event that they're lost or stolen, such as using strong passwords or using encryption, using firewalls, regularly backing up important information, and just simply installing updated protection against malware. But of course, there are much more sophisticated protections that lawyers could put into place. The second type of technology is, is a little bit different in that it requires lawyers to store confidential information online and might be under the control of a third party. Such examples might be uh, law practice management solutions or online backup services like Mosey or Carbonite. These services are all valuable and they're important, but they do raise a different kind of risk of unauthorized access. One question that the Commission is asking is whether lawyers have any duty to investigate the security procedures that a third party has in place to protect against unauthorized access or loss. Uh, again, the answers are not readily apparent, and they may very well be context-dependent. And finally, it's important to remember that what might be appropriate in terms of security precautions for one lawyer, say a lawyer who handles routine wills, might be very different from what is appropriate for a large firm that regularly handles highly sensitive or valuable trade secrets for large corporate clients it's just very difficult to generalize as to what the answer is in any particular case because different firms will have different needs, and it's also difficult because the technology is constantly changing. What kind of solutions is the Commission considering in this area? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Commission has no interest in keeping lawyers from using these new forms of technology. In fact, there are many reasons to encourage lawyers' use of this technology. 
Among other reasons, the use of technology can improve access to justice and, and legal services by reducing the cost of those legal services. The Commission's goal is to understand the various possible pitfalls when lawyers use technology so that the Commission can determine whether existing rules are adequate to deal with this problem or whether amendments might be needed to clarify a lawyer's obligations in this area. So going directly to your question about what kinds of solutions, uh, one possible solution in this area is to develop a constantly updated web resource lawyers could go to for up-to-date information about important and basic considerations when using technology. There are a lot of great resources that are already out there, but the idea would be to have a single place where lawyers could go to answer commonly asked questions about technology in this area, such as explaining what encryption is or what a strong password is and other similar kinds of information. The paper also asked whether there might be a need to amend Model Rule 1.6, which is the rule that deals with the duty of confidentiality or, or the comments to that rule. The problem is that it's really difficult to be sufficiently specific to be helpful because the technology, as I mentioned before, is just constantly changing and the precautions that any particular lawyer might put into place are so context-dependent. So any such amendment to the rules would have to be framed at the appropriate level of generality. And how can lawyers give feedback to the Commission? Lawyers are encouraged to read the issues papers, which are on the Commission's website, and to send comments to the Commission, and the instructions about how to do that are right in the issues papers themselves. I think just to close, I want to emphasize that the Commission recognizes just how important and valuable technology can be to law practice today. Technology can help lawyers generate business, it can spread valuable information about legal services, and it can even improve access to justice and legal services by reducing costs. So the Commission's goal is really just to ensure that lawyers and their clients can benefit from these technological changes, but it's also reviewing lawyer regulations to see whether they're adequate to deal with some of the new issues arising from technology and and whether some clarification is needed in terms of ABA policies or the model rules. Uh, the Commission very much seeks as much input as possible into its process. Professor Perlman, thanks so much. Thanks very much for having me. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.